We should like go and like hang out with Todd. <laughs> Whoa, it's Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Todd's even cooler than we thought. <laughs> Boys, I'm looking for a fellow who goes by the name of Todd. <laughs> oh yeah. He's <laughs> cool. Todd would make like a good manager or something. Welcome to another episode of the 206 Geek Podcast with your host Todd, the 206 Geek. Yes, I'm your host Todd, the 206 Geek, and this is episode 84. And, uh, you know, I've been recording a lot lately, and uh, I realized, you know, I might be recording too much, so I've been forcing myself to not record and post immediately, so... um, some of the things that I have, I have posted some, um, I have things that I'm ha- going to have posted, I should say, I'm trying to say things and just my words in my brain are not coordinating right now. Uh, so th- this coming Sunday, I have an old episode that I recorded back in, I think, 2014, 2015, where I talked to John Bailey. And if you don't know the name, you would recognize him as the the Honest Trailers voiceover guy, epic voice guy. I can't do that. I want. I want to. I would love to be able to be the one, one man. I suppose I probably could do it, but not like John can. Um, John has also um, been known to voice Transformers and video games and a bunch of other cool stuff. So. Um, this is this recording that I did that's going to be coming out um, was before he did um, that uh, Transformers web series where he plays Optimus Prime and before he was in the movie Bumblebee. And he uh, so, yeah, so check that out. It's going to be coming out Sunday. I have it scheduled for coming out Sunday and um Anyways, so I have a few things to talk about today. Um, amongst them is uh, the site that I use for my merch for the podcast, T Public, is going to start doing face masks. And, um, and I don't know how much they are. This is what it says here in the email they sent me. Over the last month, we've received inquiries from both customers and and artists alike about including face masks to uh, face masks, excuse me, as products offered by T Public. With the spread of COVID nineteen, it's clear that masks are becoming an essential accessory across the globe. As such, we've we've been working hard to launch a high quality face mask product on T Public. We are excited to announce that these will soon be added to our to your storefront. The face masks are non-medical fabric masks made from pleated polyester. They are lined by soft microfiber and have elastic ear loops for a secure fit. The double layers allow for insertion of a filter, not included, while the face masks for sale on TeePublic are strictly non-medical T-Public will support the medical community by donating one FDA-approved medical-grade surgical mask for every mask sold to direct relief. That is really cool. I was wondering how they're going to do this without it sounding like they're totally taking advantage of the situation, but that's amazing. So for every mask you buy from T-Public, they will donate uh, one to the... uh, one of the one of the uh, FDA approved medical grade surgical masks for everyone sold. So that's really cool. Um, I don't know if you've been uh, on my my social medias for the podcast, but I did update the uh, or even on here for that matter. I, I should. Uh, if, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but the cover art for the podcast now has uh, the little geek face guy with a, a face mask on. And I'm actually going to be updating it again, uh, probably later today even, um, with an with a uh, augmented version 
of that where I've I've changed things up a little bit on the on the on the shield. I've moved things around. I've been trying to figure out um if I want to change it or if I want to keep it as is. But uh I think I'm going to change it um at the very least for the time being I may I may move it back to the way it was with the the checker pattern on the shield. But right, this new design that I have takes uh, takes away the black background and just has the the four corners of the shield, but has a white background for each. And um, and I moved I moved like the Seattle skyline to the lower right, and then I put the the Tuosis Geek across the top. And uh, and I think that might be the way to go. And I actually I posted a. uh, uh, an impromptu, I guess. No, that's not the right word. Uh, a makeshift poll yesterday on on the Facebook page, where I asked people to say which one they liked better. I put up one with uh, with uh, white fonts with kind of a black kind of uh, halo around it, kind of a you know, so it's so it stands out on the white background, and then I just had straight black font. Um, and ask which one do you like better? Because I, I I don't know I kind of like having the white fonts, but at the same time, um, without the 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 black background, it kind of blended in a bit. So that's why I added kind of the 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 black border around the letters, and didn't seem to really make a. It didn't really seem to. I don't know. I I I wasn't sure which one I liked better, so that's why I posted it on the Facebook page for people to tell me which one they liked and. I had about four or five people say the the with the the black letters, <laughs> so that's the one I think I'm going to go with going forward, uh, unless other people say no, dude, the other one looks better. So I mean, we'll see. I might put up I might put up both as options for stuff on the merch site, um, but uh, yeah. So I I I have now set up one um of those newer designs with the, uh, the geek face with the little mask over his, over his nose and, and chin and stuff. Uh, so, I mean, I just, it's, and it says hashtag stay home. Um, so when they make the, the masks available, you'll be able to buy a, 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 a 206 geek mask that says hashtag stay home on it. Um, and like I said, if if it's benefiting uh, our medical professionals, for every everyone sold, buy some from me. You know, and it also helps the podcast. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know when those are going to be available. Just keep an eye on uh, the shops, which is shop dot geek dot com. Um, see here. I think, yeah, it's up. Yeah, the right now that design is available on shirts and other products. But if you want to directly support the uh, the medical professionals and the podcast, um, just keep an eye on this on the shop and see when the uh, the masks are available. You can buy one of those. I don't know what the cost is yet because it doesn't say in the email. I can't imagine they'd be that. I can't imagine they would be that expensive. Um, let's see, it says here we're sorry we can't give you an exact launch date. The whole company has been working literally around the clock and to add these as quickly as possible. But we will. But it will be very soon. For more information about the launch. And T Public's donation to frontline healthcare workers. Keep an eye on your f- storefront and T Public's blog for the for the in the coming weeks. In the meantime, got a design idea that would work great for masks. All right, yeah. And then it's links to like upload your new design, which I did. Um, but 
And it also sounds like all my existing designs that I have on on the uh, 206 Geek store uh, will also have the option to have a, a mask. So if you like the other ones that I have, and if you haven't seen them, and you like the podcast and you want to support the podcast, my gosh, go ahead and um, go ahead and buy one of those because uh, I have one of the ones I posted recently to my store was. I hope the weather is good for good tomorrow for my trip to Porto Backyardia. <laughs> I'm getting tired of lost living room. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And then I also have I don't have I don't have uh issues. I have subscriptions and it shows a little cartoon me reading comic books. And then I made this as I made some of these shirts I've made because they were things I've said and people laughed. And I was like, you know what? That would make a good shirt. Uh, my inner nerd is still in the locker. It was kind of like a play on um, my inner child is, you know, I haven't my inner child or like, you know, someone who's not quite out of the closet for being a geek or a nerd kind of thing. That was what I was thinking when I, when I came up with this idea. So I, I uh, created a shirt that says my inner nerd is still in the in the locker, and it shows a little nerdy cartoon guy standing inside of a locker. Um, and then I have uh, yellow, unless you have the Konami code, and then it has the Konami code underneath. Um, and then I have the original um, the original podcast logo design for t shirt. And then I have a shirt, um, it's a recreation of a shirt I used to have. I liked it, and it was, uh, it's called Don't Mind Me, It's Just That Time of the Month, and it shows a werewolf howling at the moon. It was a shirt that I got long, long time ago. I, I went looking to see if I could buy it again, and it, and it doesn't seem to be available anymore, so I kind of... I did some searching for some clip art and 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 try to recreate the the shirt. And uh so yeah, all these all these and then um I've also added other shirts to my shop that are from other artists on T Public and then when you buy those shirts, they also get um they also they I think they get more of the of the money from the purchase of the shirt or the, whatever it is you get from them. Um, one of my favorites that I have on my, on my shop is the, uh, the F cancer Deadpool shirt. I, you've, you've probably seen photos of me wearing it. And, uh, it's actually one of my favorite shirts. I've been wearing it quite a bit lately. It actually needs to be washed. <laughs> so, Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. George. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's get on to these other stories we have here. We have, uh, looks like Warner Brothers confirms Christopher Nolan's Tenet still set for July release. So that's that's good. We'll talk about that. And then we have uh, a story about Brian Dennehy, who recently passed away. So uh, we'll talk about that. And then we have uh, recess actor Jason Davis' cause of death has been revealed. So I'll, I'll read about that as well. And then we have uh, Star Wars, the, the, new, the new Disney Plus series needs to explore these timelines. All right, and then we'll talk about Justice League Dark should leave John Constantine to the Legends of Tomorrow. And then we have Quentin Tarantino pitched a James Bond movie to Pierce Brosnan. And then finally we have Disney Plus releases new Mandalorian Disney Gallery trailer. So I'll play that and you'll be able to hear it. Hopefully you'll have more than just explosion sounds. And <laughs> Actually, if it's a gallery trailer it probably doesn't have any action sequences it's probably all talking so let's get to it right all right so uh warner brothers 
Warner Brothers confirms Christopher Nolan's Tenet to still still set for July release, and it says here. All right, uh, da, 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 da. Warner Brothers CEO N. Sarknoff. Sarknoff? I'm sorry if I'm I'm doing that wrong. Um, we are committed to and are excited about the release of Tenet in theaters this summer, or whenever theaters reopen. We remain supportive of the theatrical experience and our ex- exhibition partners, and are con- confident that. Our tentpole titles, including Tenet and Wonder Woman 1984, are exactly the type of films that will that will have people eager to return to theaters. Yeah, I, I've you know what, I I really hope that you know, um, we we can go back soon. I'm hopeful for that. I would love to be able to leave the house and not like have a panic attack about like potentially getting sick. Um, <laughs> seriously, the last time I went to the store, I was so like, "Oh my god, don't touch that!" You know, it was just like, "I, I is this how Howie Mandel feels all the time?" I don't know how he does it without like completely going crazy, um, and just completely losing it <laughs> but yeah I, I think it would be amazing if we could you know watch movies in theaters again just in the microphone there but uh you know if it's if it's not safe and it won't be safe for a while and you want people to see your movie we can't like keep pushing things back indefinitely at some point, you're going to want to release it in, in a capacity that people will be able to see it. Maybe, maybe AMC and and Regal should should consider, like, you know, doing up doing a pop up um, drive-in experience. Some of their buildings are large enough that you probably could project it on the side of the building. You know, so that's an idea. You know. And have people park in the parking lot, and uh, and even if you know what, if their building isn't large enough, you can always get one of those inflatable like movie screen things. I think I've seen those online, and put it on top of the building so people can park in the parking lot like normal, and just look towards the the rooftop of the theater, and then have the projector project to the uh, to the screen. Um. I mean, even even if it's not like one of those inflatable things, if it's a if it's a tarp big enough to project onto, you don't even have to have the projector like on the on the front uh, at the front uh, projecting to the to the screen. You could be behind the screen projecting it. Of course, the image will be backwards, so hopefully there isn't words on the screen, but. Then you wouldn't have to worry about that. That's that's. I just thought of that. I just and it wasn't something I planned on saying. It was just it came to mind when I was talking, and I think that would be a good way to do uh, going back to the movies without like endangering people's health. You know, I really think that 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 drive-ins are going to make a comeback because of this COVID nineteen. There's I know I know of at least two in Washington Washington State. On the western side of the state, they're uh, they're both out on the peninsula. I think there's one in one near Port Orchard, and I think there's one south of that. Um, but uh, I've I actually have never the times in the time that I've lived over in Kitsap County, which is out on the peninsula of the of uh, Washington State. I have not been to either one of those because you know they're like an hour away. And, uh, and in, in the last couple of years, I've, I've discovered that I don't like driving at night because my glasses are all get kind of foggy at night. I'm not sure how that works, but that's been my experience anyway. So I don't like being, I don't like driving at night if I don't have to. Um, if I'm, if I'm driving at night, it's driving home from something, you know, I'm not, I'm not leaving the house after dark to go do things. So um 
But I would probably, uh, if if uh, if if uh, if there was a pop up drive in in the area, I would so go to that. I would. I don't know about you guys, but I would love to go to like a drive in to see a new movie. That'd be so cool. And then we have the technology to to broadcast um, the audio to like your phone or not your phone, but to your, to your radio in your car. So there isn't going to be, um, there isn't going to be a problem with like, cause I remember back in the day when you went to the drive-in, you drove up to this, you, you parked next to this post that had a little speaker and you could take the speaker and hang it on your, your window that's rolled halfway down. That's how it was back when I was real little. I think it was like the 80s, maybe 90s, when uh, they started using the FM transmitters to to transmit to your car stereo. Um, you know, and I think it's that's the way to go, man. Honestly, a pop-up drive-in. That, you know, if I could figure out a way myself to do that, I would do it. You know, get a nice high definition projector that will project a big enough screen and then project it on the side of a large building. You know, they actually, in Seattle, they used to. I don't, they're probably not going to be doing it now. They have uh, outdoor theaters where, like, there are places in Seattle where in the summertime they would have, like, a big empty parking lot. People would, like, bring, like, lawn chairs and stuff and. You'd watch old movies on the side of this building. I did that a few years back. I think it was like 2014. I saw the original 84 Ghostbusters movie like that. It was the uh, um, it was in Ballard. No, no Fremont. It was in Fremont neighborhood of Seattle, and uh, it was really cool. You know, it was it was like. Yeah, it was it was like a drive-in, except for instead of everybody sitting in their car, it was everybody sitting in like a lawn chair. But they wouldn't be able to do that now. You would need to be able to stay in your car for this kind of thing. Uh, but I think that's that's uh, the way that these these movie companies are going to be able to go forward making money. So let's see. The next story was on Geek Girls Authority. Geek Girl Authority. It says, R.I.P. Brian Dennehy. And it, you probably don't recognize the name. And if you do, you remember him. Um, if you don't recognize him, he was Tommy Boy's dad. And he was in a bunch of other things. He was in Rambo. and But uh, this is what the article says. It says, One of the most recognizable presence in film and TV and stage has passed away at the age of 81. Brian Dennehy, most of the time, Dennehy came across on screen like a man's man, especially in one of his most famous roles as Sheriff uh, Teasel in the first Stallone Rambo series. Uh, First Blood. But he also dis- uh, displayed a knack f- for comedy playing Chris Farley's father in Tommy Boy. You never forget him once you've seen him either playing the crooked sheriff you loved to hate in Silverado, replacing Kurt Douglas as Harrison in the sequel to the Australian hit movie The Man from Sydney, Snowy River. Sydney, <laughs> no snowy river, or as the rowdy football player in semi-tough. In fact, then he played football and rugby in college, and served as a as a marine while playing football in in uh, Okinawa. The man was a hefty six foot three and used that frame to fit uh, to his advantage. As an admittedly uh, an intimidating factor on screen and stage, he was nominated for six times for Emmy awards for television movies. He appeared he appeared in Mod uh, most notable 
was the role in Showtime's Our Fathers about the Roman Catholic Church sex scandal. He would also be remembered as Elizabeth Keene's grandfather in the NBC, NBC series The Blacklist. His distinctive voice narrated many TV programs and voiced the rat uh, Django in Disney Pixar's Ratatouille. In fact, uh, Dennehy was so popular he would be parodied in South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, and in an episode of the animated series The Simpsons. Brian Dennehy! Yeah. I was, in fact, when I first heard that he passed, that was the first thing that came to mind was the South Park movie. Not Brian Dennehy! Yeah. Um, the man also won two Tony Awards as Best Lead Actor. One was for Death of a Salesman, the other was Long Day's Journey into the Night. He won accolades for several performances in high-profile productions, including uh, Inherit the Wind, Desire Under the, the Elms, and Iceman, The Iceman Cometh, to, na- to just name a few. Whether it be stage, TV, or big screen, the man was highly respected. I, you know what? I, I, I don't dis- disagree with that. I mean, I remember him from a lot of things back in the 80s. I, I couldn't tell you the the names of them, but I remember seeing him in a lot of things. Let's see. There's a bunch of other things here. Let's see. What's, what does it say? I'm, I'm just, you know what I should have done? I should have just pulled up his IMDb and just listed off all the things he's known for doing so you can find them yourself. But yeah, he's the, I think the most recent thing I saw him in was Tommy Boy. I haven't seen him do anything else in a really long time. Probably because of the things he's been doing or things that I haven't watched or seen. So, all right, the next story says voice actor Jason Davis. Jason Davis, cause of death has been revealed. Uh, Early this year, the tragic news was reported that Jason Davis, the beloved voice actor behind Mikey Bloomberg, on Disney's recess, had passed away. The cause of death was not revealed at the time, but the the rap reports the Los Angeles County Medical Examiner's, Examiner Coroner's Office has re- released their findings, revealing that the cause of death was, uh, was fentanyl effects, which they've ruled as an accident. Davis had been open about his problems with drug abuse in the past, appearing in the reality series Celebrity Rehab with Dr. Drew in 2010. The actor had even formed a nonprofit organization, Cure Addiction Now, in the, in the year before his passing. The organization was used to help fund research into those suffering from substance abuse. That's really, that's unfortunate. It's sad. All right. And it says here, quote, I'm so heartbroken to share the the saddest news of my life. My son Jason Davis has passed away this morning in Los Angeles. The Davis family said in a statement after his death was announced, Jason had a true heart of gold with such a zest for life. He was such a caring soul to everyone who ever knew him. He loved his friends and family above all else. Yeah, that sucks. In addition to lending his voice to the 90s cartoon, which is streaming in its entirety on Disney+, Davis appeared in films like Rush Hour, Beverly Hills Ninja, and Mafia. He also appeared in a handful of Reese's spin-off movies, including Schools Out, Taking the Fifth Grade, and All Growed Up. Excuse me, All Growed Down. Because All Growed Up is the Rugrats spin-off series. All Growed Down. 
the character eventually crossed over with Lilo and Stitch on the Disney franchise's Disney Channel series. And his first major credit came as a reoccurring character on Roseanne, appearing in three episodes. Davis, Davis's paternal grandparents, Marvin and Barbara Davis, purchased 20th Century Fox in 1981 before selling it three years later to Rupert Murdoch. According to Variety, Davis had been working on the series The Two Jasons prior to his death. Davis is survived by his mother, two brothers, Brandon and Alexander, and two half-sisters, Isabella and Marabella. Mariella, excuse me. Well. All right. The next story on here is uh, the the new Disney's Plus series, the Star Wars, the new Disney's, bleh. <laughs> Star Wars, the new Disney Plus series, needs to explore these timelines. Uh, sometimes I'm, I I can read. I know I can. Sometimes my brain and my, my eyes don't really connect. <laughs> Clearly. Um, this is what it says here. The Star Wars franchise is... is is kind of in uncharted territory following the release of The Rise of Skywalker as there's no telling what corners of the saga are going to be explored next. On Wednesday, fans got a big, pretty big update in that regard with the news that Russian Dolls' uh, Leslie Hartland will be writing and showrunning the new Disney, the new series for Disney+. Plus. While plot details surrounding the series is still relatively slim, reports indicate that it will be a female-fronted show with a martial arts element and that it will, will explore an alternate part of the Star Wars timeline than other projects. There are a couple of different ways you can support the podcast. One is by rating and reviewing the podcast by going to rate.206geek.com. The other way you can help the podcast is by going to support.206geek.com and become a podcast supporter. If you support the podcast in that way, you will get a shout out on every episode. That last detail is especially exciting, considering how much of the Star Wars canon has yet to be covered. On the major, on a major scale, granted, there's no telling of the show's events will be will happen to run con- congruent to the to canon that's already already established. Oh man. I'm just I'm I'm just not doing reading today very well, am I? Let's try that again. That last detail is especially exciting, considering how much the Star Wars canon has yet to be covered in major in a major scale. Granted, there's no telling if the show's events will happen to run congru- congruent to canon that is already established in the franchise, especially through tie-in material like comics and video games, or if it will bring to life something that is completely unexplored outside the, the occasional reference to of Easter eggs. Either way, there are some potential points in the time we'd love to see explore in the new series. And the first thing here is listed as the start of the Old Republic. The origins of Night Sisters. The Night Sisters. And then we have Hundred Year Darkness. And then we have 
the High Republic. And then we have post-Civil War. And then we have the Cold War. And then after the rise of Skywalker. Now, each of these have like little little um, descriptions about what they mean by those titles. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read the one that's about the, the after the rise of Skywalker. Because I, I, you know what? Honestly, I would love to see more of Ray and Finn and, and Poe Dameron. And of course, BB-8 and, and Dio. I don't know about you guys, but I really thought Dio was was <laughs> probably actually I like Dio. I like Dio a lot. Uh, no, 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 thank you. <laughs> please, please, please don't touch. Yeah. <laughs> it says here, uh, and of course, even though the dust is has barely settled on the rise of Skywalker, there's still. Theoretically, a significant amount of time to be explored beyond that. Now that the resistance has finally gotten the upper hand, there's no telling what the future could hold and what the new characters and stories could be introduced within that. I don't know, yeah. We never did find out what it was that Finn wanted to talk to to Ray about, right? He never said, I never told you. And then he, he was interrupted every single time. She was like, well, what was it you never told me? So I'm curious as to what that was about. I don't know if that was, if it was explained and I missed it, because I've, maybe I should watch the movie again. I've already watched it like four, five times, like twice in the theaters. And then since I've purchased it, I've watched it about, three or four times. So, right. Well, and like I've said in previous episodes of the podcast, everything that I talk about on here, all the links to the stories I usually post in notes on, uh, on, uh, on Facebook, um, to read the, or to see the links to stories in this episode, go to notes.206geek.com. By the time you're listening to this, it should be up there. Um, the next story, Justice League Dark should leave John Constantine to the Legends of Tomorrow. Uh, this, okay, let's, before I read the article, I want to say this. I, I think John Constantine being added to the Legends of Tomorrow has been the best thing that they ever did with that show. I like the character. I like his his snark. I love just his. I love the way he carries himself. I like. Uh, I like. I like how he. He also shows like. He's, he's not always confident. I like that a lot. I like that um, he has moments where he's just like, I'm utter garbage. And I know it sounds weird, but I, I like that about him. But then he also, like, when it comes down to it, he is there for his friends. He's there to help. And um, and I don't see him leaving the show for another show. I also think that Justice League Dark if it becomes a thing as a live action show, um, it probably won't happen um, before the end of Legends of Tomorrow. Especially now with the whole COVID-19 thing going on. Now, and, and I'm pretty sure I remember hearing that um, this is the last season or potentially the last season for the uh, Legends of Tomorrow. We Arrow has ended, is no more, is not going forward. Um, but, and, I've, and I'm pretty sure I've read someplace that um, Legends of Tomorrow is also ending on its on this current season. If that happens, if that is a thing that's going to happen, 
and the Legends of Tomorrow is 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 done after this season, then I think that John Constantine could definitely be uh, appropriated for this other show, as well as other people from from Legends. I think they should, if nothing else, if that actor continue wants to continue playing that part, they should definitely bring them into other CW DC shows. Um, White Canary. I think was probably going to be one that will continue. She she will most definitely uh, be a part of that Arrow spinoff series, The Canaries. Um, and then I think that um, I'm trying to think of the other characters. Well, that's the thing. They they um, Brandon Rouse character left the show. And it doesn't sound like he will be joining any of the other shows by the by the way he uh, he basically didn't like how the sh- how his character left the show. I don't know. Maybe maybe he will. Who knows? I guess it's hard to say. Well, this is what the article says about about uh, Justice League Dark. It says here. With a solo, with a solo series, a team series, two solo animated movies, and two team animated movies under his belt, Matt Ryan has become the definitive version of John Constantine for a lot of fans. And sp- and in spite of the character's uh, canonical ties to the Justice League Dark to Justice League Dark in the comics, the forthcoming series based on that team should leave it that way, keeping Constantine at at the at in arm's length for now and leaving Ryan to finish out his time with DC's, DC's Legends of Tomorrow rather than asking audiences to accept a new take on the character at the time. Ryan is still working his um, magic. <laughs> yeah, I don't see them doing that. I don't see them taking Ryan from from uh, Legends of Tomorrow. I don't think the show is in production. It shouldn't be in production if it you know if it is. Right now is not a good time for for people to be around a bunch of other people. But if the show, if if DC's Legends of Tomorrow does finish this on this season, then when uh, when when Justice League Dark comes out, he probably will be available. I would think, right? Unless you know they they unless they have to filmed more episodes for the legends of tomorrow when this is all over when this when the when it's okay to be around large groups of people cuz i don't know i've i've only seen maybe one or two f- things being filmed as far as movies go and productions and there's always a lot of people around behind the camera so even if you only see one or two people on camera there's a bunch of people there's guys holding microphones there's people running around doing various things there's lighting and there's you know the director and there's camera guys and yeah unless they unless unless production is going forward start doing everything animated which i think would be kind of cool um I like animation, so for me to to have a animated version of a, an existing show wouldn't be that you know uncommon for me to be into. I know a lot of people are just the opposite. They're like, man, I want to see an I want to see a live action version of that. Um, and let's you know, yeah, I don't, I don't see I don't see him leaving Legends to join another show. I think what's going to happen is the sh- Legends is going to end, and then he will. 
at least I would hope anyway, he would move over to this other show, keeping him, allowing him to con- continue doing that part, unless, of course, he doesn't want to do that part anymore, in which case I say, I hope you do well in whatever it is you do next, sir. Um, this is, okay. This is what else it says here. While the non-comics audience likely know, knows Constantine from the 2005 Keanu Reeves movie as much as anything else, Ryan's 2014 NBC series introduced a take on the character that that uh, hewed a, a much closer to the comics. Uh, Matt Ryan not only had the look and the accent, but a deep understanding of the comics and the characters that came from being a fan. That's good to know. I didn't realize he was a fan of those comics. That that makes it even better that he plays the part. This is, it showed. While Constantine was sometimes uneven, the series developed a cult following in part because Ryan was so perfect for the role. After it was canceled, Warner Brothers Home Entertainment tapped Ryan to reprise the role of Constantine in some animated projects, helping cement him as the Constantine in the minds of fans. Eventually, he was brought back to live action, first as a guest star on on Arrow, and then later as a series regular on DC's Legends of Tomorrow, where he has, has remained. With a Justice League Dark series in development on HBO Max and and a season-long storyline that very uh, that is very Constantine-centric, it, it's easy for fans to worry that Ryan's time as a character may be limited. The Arrowverse shows, while popular with fans, have sometimes had characters disappear mysteriously only to appear thereafter in projects that are higher priority for management at Warner Brothers, such as the Suicide Squad movie. Still, everything fans and we have heard so far seem to suggest that there are no plans for getting rid of John Constantine on Legends of Tomorrow anytime soon. So there's that. Justice League Dark is a concept introduced during 2011's New 52 reboot, the team brought together a number of DC's most powerful mystics in on the title, and since concepts like that have traditionally had a hard time succeeding in for DC, it was branded as a part of the Justice League family of books, lending it a sense of urgency that titles like uh, Shadow Pact and The Spectre never had. It worked, kind of, and the series lasted longer than it otherwise might have. But it was eventually canceled in one of the early rounds of the New 52 blood uh, bloodletting. It returned again recently when Scott Snyder's Justice League No Justice miniseries spun out into a trio of books, including a Justice League Dark title that reunited the most, that reunited most of the original cast in this, of the series. And since the new 52, Constantine has been, has been a more present, uh, persistent presence in the DC universe, an old relationship with Zatanna now firmly a part of his backstory. The character has been rumored to appear in virtually every abortive Justice League Dark project Warner's has uh, toyed with over the last few years and has been led a lead character again voiced by Ryan in both existing Justice League Dark movie and upcoming Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Oh, that's cool. I wonder when that's coming out. 
there's a bit more here to the story. So I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and if you want to read more, that, that link will be in the notes section of uh, the, the Facebook page. The next story on the, on this thing was Quentin Tarantino pitched a James Bond movie to Pierce Brosnan. I don't know, man. I think, I think that uh, Quentin Tarantino Bond film would be awesome. I really do. I think that, I mean, James Bond movies used to have, I don't know. I haven't watched one in a, in a long time and they probably still do. I, I I have fully intend to watch the more recent ones. I just haven't gotten around to it, largely because when I'm looking for something to watch, I'm not thinking about James Bond. Um, but they used to be the ones that I remember watching. Um, lots of action, lots of lots of guns, lots of car chases, and you know, lots of lots of fighting and stuff. And those those are all elements that we see in in Tarantino films. I would love to see a Tarantino Bond film. If not a a Bond film, but a Bond-esque film, a Tarantino spy thriller would be awesome. I would love to see that. This let's see what this article says about this. Hollywood is full of stories about films that never were and when it comes down to the James Bond film franchise, it turns out that one of those stories involved Quentin Tarantino. Former Bond actor Pierce Brosnan recently sat down with Esquire to do a live watch-along watch for his first turn as Bond in GoldenEye and revealed that the filmmaker had pitched a Bond movie to him. However, despite the filmmaker's noted passion for enthusiasm for the, the character and franchise, it just wasn't something was that was meant to be. In the watch along, Brosnan revealed that after having a few drinks in a meeting in Los Angeles, Tarantino made it clear that he wanted to be he wanted to do a Bond film with him. It was after Kill Bill Volume Two and he wanted to meet to meet me. So I went up to Hollywood one day um, from the the beach and met with him at, at at the Four Seasons. Brosnan said, "I I got there at seven p.m. and I was and I like to be punctual." Seven fifteen came around. No Quentin, he was upstairs doing press. Someone sent over a martini, so I had a martini, and I waited till seven thirty and thought, "Where the heck is he?" Word came down, apologies. So I thought, okay, I'll have another martini. Tarantino eventually made it down, and after some more drinks, Tarantino revealed his desire to make a Bond film with the best James Bond. I have to agree. Pierce Brosnan is probably like the only the only person I thought was a better Bond was, of course, the original, which you know, Sean Connery. Um. <laughs> he was pounding the table saying you're the best James Bond. I want to do I, I want to do James Bond and it was very cl close quarters and it was very close quarters in the restaurant and I thought please calm down but don't <laughs> but we don't tell Quentin Tarantino to calm down. Brosnan explained. He wanted to do a James Bond and I went back to to the shop, to the shop, and told, and then told them, but it wasn't meant to be. Brosnan said, "No, Quentin Tarantino for James Bond." J James Bond isn't the only film that Tarantino wanted to do that never really worked out. Last month, Tarantino opened up about a Luke Cage movie that he considered making in the 1990s. That he was ta talked out of. There was a time before this, all of this Marvel shit coming out, Tarantino said, it was at just, it was after Reservoir Dogs and was before Pulp Fiction and I thought about doing Luke Cage. Growing up, 
I was a big comic book collector, and two of two, and two favorites were Luke Cage, Hero for Hire, and later Luke Cage, Power Man, and Shang Chi, Master of Kung Fu. However, when he talked to his friends about his idea for Luke Cage, they had other ideas that they had other other ideas than what. Tarantino thought would make a good casting. What dissuaded me was my comic geek friends talked talked me out of it. Tarantino went on because I had an idea that Larry Fishburne would have made a perfect guy to play Luke Cage. But all my friends were like, it's got to be Wesley Snipes. And I go, look, I like Wesley Snipes, but Larry Fishburne is practically Marlon Brando. I think Fish is the man. And they're like, yeah, but he'd have to get in shape in a big way. Snipes is that way already. And I go, fuck that. That's that's not that important. Fuck you. You ruined the whole damn thing. <laughs> Wow, you know, see, that's the thing. When you're talking to fanboys and people who are very passionate about their favorite things, they all have opinions. They all think their idea is better than yours, especially if you're a creative type. So I'm not at all surprised that his comic book nerd friends were like, no, man, you should totally go with Snipes. And you know what? I think Fishburne probably could have done. Because, you know, Power Man doesn't need to, as far as I know anyway, I don't know that much about the character other than what I've seen on, on the Netflix series and what I've seen of him in, like, Marvel com- cartoon characters and stuff. Like, he, Power Man made an appearance in one of the more recent Spider-Man series when it was, um, I think it was... I think it was the series Spectacular Spider-Man. It was a, it was a it was a Spider-Man animated series that took place in high school where Coulson was the president uh, principal and like Spider-Man, um Iron Fist, Power Man, they're all high school students. Um I I would think with his powers it's it's not based on his his body shape. It's it's because of the, the process he went through to get his powers. And um, so F- Fishburne could definitely play the part. I mean, he, he is a great actor. You know, he may be a little softer on the middle, but he could have done it, I think. I think Tarantino had a right idea. But yeah, at the same time, yeah. You know, Wesley... Wesley would have done a good job too, I think. He's a great actor as well. And he. And at that point, he had already been, I think, if this came, if this, if this was taking place in like the late 90s, he, he would have been around the time that he was Blade. And that's probably why everyone said Wesley Snipes, because he was already Blade. And I don't think uh, that wouldn't have worked. Why would why would you have one actor playing multiple multiple characters um, in that same universe, right? We wouldn't want to see Chris Evans show up in the same movie playing both Cap and Johnny, right? That's that would never happen. They wouldn't do that. But of course, back then they didn't think about movie universes. They were like one offs or trilogies I, I I don't know I would have liked to have seen Tarantino do either a James Bond film or a Marvel movie or even Star Trek for that matter because he last in the last few years he talked about doing the next Star Trek movie I would love that it doesn't matter to me if uh, Tarantino's movies tend to be a lot of blood soaked n-word flinging movies now I don't I don't particularly care for 
it, when when it's used that much, I kind of wince every time someone says that. But despite those elements of those movies, I like those movies. Like Django Unchained is a great fucking movie. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of your last... The last movie I saw of his was the uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I loved that movie. In fact, I wanted... To me, it didn't feel like the movie was long enough. It felt like it was missing something. Maybe that's why people didn't like it, because it, it felt like it really didn't go anywhere. It was three hours, and it, it felt like a half an hour to me. It felt like there was thing, there was elements of the story missing, like... All this lead up to like fucking. Where's the button? I'm looking for the button. There it is. Spoiler alert! Charlie Manson showing up and like trying to kill people. Um. <laughs> there should have been more action. I mean, yeah, it was really cool to see like Hollywood in the seventies. Man, I. That would I would love that to be a series. Honestly, that that whole idea, the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I would love for that to be a series, a TV series, a series on HBO Max or Netflix or wherever it would go. I would love that. Um, I think that would be better as a serial than it would be a, a standalone movie. As good as I thought that movie was, I thought it it, it could have gone more. It could there been a, there could have been more information shown in that movie and um all right last story here disney plus releases new mandalorian disney gallery trailer so let's go ahead and play that Everyone is coming with their own experiences to a galaxy that can support it. And they also have a group of filmmakers who were not afraid to jump in. It's hard to believe all these years later, there's such energy around new stories in this world. The volume put me back in a set as if it was built. The outside is all video walls and the top is video wall. That was, for me, one of the most rewarding experiences of someone who just loves Star Wars. It was like one of the weirdest and best things that ever happened with Werner. He was acting against the baby, and he started directing the baby directly. I'm trying to direct Werner, who's now directing the puppet. He was telling us we needed to commit to the magic, make them use the puppet. IG-11 was like IG-88. They built him out of parts of the old cantina set from A New Hope. We as children like that. It's the coolest assassin robot. It was bolted to the floor. We're trying to draw from all over Star Wars. Action. Sometimes I think it's just like anything in any different scene. You just have energy and you can see that in the physicality. You can see that in the acting. George reiterated, remember to make these stories hopeful, to give that to kids, because they really need it. It's important to the foundation of Star Wars, but we don't just want an action, we want to feel uplifted. And Star Wars ultimately is about family. It is really saying there is a lot of hope out there. Hold up, hold up, hold up, back up. Oh, it's coming out on May 4th. I had to rewind it for a second there. May 4th. So, on Star Wars Day, you'll be able to watch that. So, that's just a, that's a couple weeks away, folks. I don't know if it's you, but I'm excited to see this. I, I like watching those roundtable discussions with multiple, like, well-known people, and they discuss, like, industry stuff. To me, that's entertainment. I love watching that kind of thing. I like them talking about those things. And, they, and, and you couldn't tell, you probably couldn't tell by the voices, but that had Dave Filoni, it had, it had uh, John Favreau, it had Tiki Waititi, um, it had um, 
um, oh man, I can't think of her name. The 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 ex trooper from the Mandalorian, that MMA fighter woman. I can't think of her name, but she's in it. And the guy who plays the Mandalorian is also in this. Um, it, it looks amazing. I want I want to watch it now. Actually, after seeing that trailer, I want to see it now. But um, that that looks cool. All right. Well, I think that is it for today. Thank you again for being, uh, for subscribing to the podcast. And uh, if you if you enjoy the podcast as listen to the podcast as much as I enjoy doing it, please consider going to support dot two hundred six geek dot com and becoming a podcast supporter. And uh, for those of you who do that, I will give you a shout out on every episode. And uh, I'll even I might even give you an option to to be a part of the show if you want. Um, especially if you do the nine ninety nine a month. If you do that, then I will, I will give you the option to being a part of the show, give you, um, like a co-host option or, you know, story ideas. If you want to talk about something specific, we can talk about that. Um, whatever, but yeah. So if you, if you like the podcast, um, that would be great. At the very least, what I would love for you to do is to go to rate.206geek.com and rate and review the podcast on, there's three options there for rating and reviewing. Apple Podcasts would be the best one. The second one on there is is Podchaser. And then the third one is Stitcher. And uh, yes, each one of them requires having an account, but they're all free. So set up an account log in, pull up my podcast, and then give it a rating and a review. That would be amazing. The more people that do that, the more people will be on the, the more people that do that, the more visible my podcast will be for other people to find. And the very last thing I would ask you to do to help the podcast is tell your friends. Say, dude, you got to check out this podcast, The Two of Us is Geek. This guy I love listening to him. You know, whatever it is you want to say. I mean, I'm assuming you like listening because you, you download the podcast. Um, and I appreciate you guys. You know, To borrow from one of my favorite TV shows right now, and that's what I appreciate about you. You know, um, I really do. Y- you guys are the reason um, I want the podcast to grow because people are actually listening to me talk for an hour hour and 20 minutes, whatever it usually is. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that you, you take the time to listen to me babble for an hour. Um, and uh, you guys have a great day. Stay home unless you need to go to the store. But stay six feet away from other people. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Take care. And I'll talk to you guys next time. And as always, if you want to see any of the stories that I talked about, you can go to notes.206geek.com and you'll see the notes for the current episode listed there. That's notes.206geek.com.